Welcome to another episode of Everyday Disciples. I'm Adam, one of the producers on this show, and I am grateful to have your time and attention for this week's podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about the mind and our emotions. In the first segment, Pastor Starner, CJ, and Aiden Hunt will have a conversation around mental health, how to talk about it, why we should talk about it, and how our faith can inform our journey towards a healthy mind. In the second segment, Pastor Starner and Lori sit down to discuss how to respond when you've been hurt by the church and how to recognize when we are the ones doing the hurting. We hope and pray this content is enriching and enlivening to your spirit. Let's get started. Sitting here once again with CJ and Aiden here to talk about some spiritual stuff that uh, where the rubber hits the road with faith and life here. And uh, the topic that we have before us this morning is talking about m- mental health. Uh, not something we often think about in terms of discipleship or even uh, maybe our relationship with the church. We might maybe think of it around a time of um, like some sort of a traumatic thing that we go through in life, whether that's a death close to us or divorce or, or um, you know, something like that where we're maybe faced with a loss where we, we might, maybe in those moments, we might think to turn to the church or the pastor for maybe a little bit of counseling or something. Uh, it, it goes beyond simply just those times of loss that we might face in life. Um, mental health really is is becoming quite a uh, a prevalent topic in our world today. People are talking about mental health more than they've ever talked about it. Um, you know, it used to be there was a lot of stigma around it. Now I think that's that's maybe changing a bit. Do, do you guys agree with that? Do you do you see the the stigmas maybe dropping around that? Absolutely. I find it um, it's a lot more talkable subject. Like people are less fearful of coming forward and saying they have mental health issues. Um, I think there's a lot more um, outlets for help. It's just it's it's less shameful. I feel like a little bit today, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think growing up, people wouldn't really like self-diagnose themselves when it came to to mental health issues. I think it was basically just like, oh, I'm stressed or like I'm having a really tough week or just like I'm just not feeling myself. Like, like nobody wanted to vocalize like, oh yeah, I sh- I ha- struggle with anxiety or like I have depression. Like nobody would really say that. It was because it did carry some negative connotations and it did make people think, oh, there's something wrong with me and like I that I feel this way. Or and I think that as sad as that is, and I'm as good as, as it is that that's starting to unravel a little bit and people are talking more about their issues and struggles with mental health um, and how to care for themselves better. I still think there's still a ways to go um, in the church and how we we handle these issues. Yeah, I think some of the uh, some of the attitudes that people have toward something like seeing a counselor or seeing a therapist, uh, you know, growing up for me, it was kind of like you would see it on TV shows or something where it was always sort of looked at like the, the person who was nuts had to go to the, the therapist or something like that. Um, it was always the crazies and the wackos sort of thing. And, you know, on, on TV, that's one thing. And, and yeah, I mean, I knew in real life that wasn't how it worked. Um, do you think there's there's still some of that there for folks? Um, that it's, it's the really broken people that got to go do that, and maybe that's not me, um, even though I might have some mental health issues or something. Um, I guess maybe what I'm getting at is, like, what does it take for somebody to – uh, to admit that maybe they need that. I think just yeah, the, the world is changing. Our culture is changing, especially post COVID where 
you know, mental health is a hot topic of conversation because a lot of people have you know, had to struggle with things um, in their own brains the last couple of years with, you know, with isolation and with, um, you know, people, traumatic loss. Like there's been a lot that's happened to people. And so I think that the conversation's moving in a good direction. It has certainly raised the volume on some of that stuff, raised the awareness of just how prevalent things like anxiety, things like depression are in the world around us. Um, and that it's not, it's not just broken people out there. You know, it's, it's, it's in our homes, it's in our families, it's in our churches yeah. that we have people who are struggling with all of these things. Yeah. I think of, there's a great, um, if anybody's a comedy fan, John Mulaney is a comedian. And this is from a special from like years ago where he says, um, I'm Irish. So I take all my emotions and I put them deep down in my soul. And then one day I'll die. And so <laughs> we, I think it's a cultural thing to think like, Oh, my struggles, my emotions, my hardships, my trauma, I'm just going to put it all, it's going to bury it deep inside and it's going to die with me one day. So I don't have to open up and talk to anybody about it. That's not just Irish. That's uh, German and English in oh, my, in my family too. That's oh, you just yeah. the stiff upper lip, you know, of the English. We just don't talk about those things and, and put on the brave face and the Germans, we just, you know, hardworking. We're just going to forget about all that because it doesn't help us work hard and, um, feelings are for another day. Yeah, exactly. And I think the effect that has on us is, is it's so it's, it's detrimental to our souls that we are denying ourselves, you know, the, the freedom that can come from vocalizing our hardships to actually unpacking our trauma and, and recognizing traumatic things that happened in our lives. I think we're scared of that word too, trauma. Um, because either we don't feel like we're worthy to use it because we think of trauma using like, is like post-traumatic stress disorder. So like, I've never been in a war. I've never had cancer. I've never had a, uh, you know, I've been in a plane crash plane or plane something cr- yeah. you know, tr- huge like that. And so a lot of us think, oh, I'm not going to use that word because it's it's too serious for what I'm experiencing. But I, th- I don't think that's the case. And I think that conversation is really is really coming up now. Um, PTSD is a huge thing for a lot of people who've had very mundane lives, you know, who have not faced warfare head on or anything like that. And still we have stress from trauma that that trails with us. Uh, it, for me, it just it reminds me from a theological standpoint, we're in a broken world and that brokenness is inside of us too. And it's right in, it's right in our head. It's in our mind. Um, we all face brokenness in one way or another and sin is going to manifest its way. Sin and its effects, I should say, are going to man is going to manifest its way in, in different ways for all of us. And, just like we come to church and we confess our sin and we receive the forgiveness that, that Jesus has for us, um, we can do that with the the effects of that sin in our life. You know, we go to a doctor when we're sick. Why not go to a, a counselor or somebody who is trained to help us with our mental health when we are facing that as well? I mean, this is one of those things that I, I think is I've really appreciated in Christianity in the last oh, 10 years maybe, uh, where it has become a little bit more holistic in the sense of it's not just that hour on Sunday, um, but it is, it's really looking at the whole person. And because God cares about us as a whole person, we, we are a whole person. Um, so, you know, does God care about our mental health and our mental well-being? Absolutely. Um, but I, that wasn't something growing up that I ever really heard. Now, there were, I knew of people who like, because my, my mom worked in the church, church office. And so like I 
would be sitting there after school or whatever while we were waiting to go home. And, you know, people would come in to have some counseling with the pastor or whatever. Like, I knew that was a thing, but I didn't really think a whole lot about that as a child. Um, you know, that happens a little bit here. Um, I, as a as a pastor myself, I'm trained a little bit in doing some pastoral counseling, counseling but um, that's not like a an emphasis of mine or something that I even feel like I'm really skilled at. I'm, I, I feel like I'm not as skilled in, in that as, uh, I need to be even maybe. Um, and, and so, you know, turning to your church is maybe not always even the right way to go. I don't think it's a bad way to go. Um, your pastor can come alongside or your, uh, youth leader, whoever it might be, whoever you have the relationship with can come alongside. And certainly as a, as a fellow believer, help you with that. But one of my favorite, uh, I've, I've seen it as a, a meme. I've seen it as a shirt. And I've always said, I need to get it, get it for myself. Um, a t-shirt that said, uh, it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist too. Um, you know, for Christians, it's not one or the other, right? It, it's okay to have a therapist. It's okay to have a counselor. Um, I know I, I've seen a counselor myself, um, for, for many years. And, um, you know, that's, that's been a hugely beneficial thing in my life. Full transparency. I'm, I, I don't hide this at all. I've struggled with anxiety since I was little. Um, and over the last year or so, I've started going to therapy, and it's made a world of difference for me. And I don't feel any you know, shame about it. I'm not like, oh, I go to a therapist because Jesus isn't enough for me. That's not true at all. I love that T-shirt. That'd be a great T-shirt right. to get. Um, but yeah, like even you know, my job, one of the things I love about getting to work with the high schoolers here at St. Matthew is that I do get to to know the things about their lives that they struggle with and that are hard. And I, I get to be that confidant and that trusted individual. And that's super humbling. And I love that. Um, and more often than not, like I will recommend like you should go to therapy. You should go like not to say like I can't help you and I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you through this. I'm going to love you regardless. But there's no shame in seeing a licensed, trained mental health professional like that is a, a good thing for everybody to do. And even if you don't struggle with mental health. Just like having somebody in the outlet to know that you can, you know, speak about these things that you can talk, that you can process through your emotions, your trauma, your experiences. Like it, it, it really does make a world difference. In in some ways, it's a little bit like maybe how we approach prayer as Christians, where um, therapy or a counselor, it's a it's a place where we can express our. Everything's going on inside our heart, inside of our head to God, right? We we could bring it all to God. We can, you know, throw it all out there. It doesn't have to be put together pretty. It, it can be a mess. And we throw it all out there in prayer and, and through prayer and reflection, um, those things start to get like sorted out, straightened out a little bit. God helps us make sense of them. And uh, it's the same way with our with like a counselor or a therapist, especially a Christian counselor or a Christian therapist. Although I wouldn't say that as a Christian, you only need to go to somebody like that. Um, but who can help you really kind of make sense of what's going on in your life process that it's a safe place where you can talk about things and not have to worry about, is it going to get blabbed around to somebody else? Or is it going to get back around to somebody that maybe I'm having an issue with or something? Um, we need spaces like that in our lives to be able to do that. So maybe we should touch on maybe some ways to, look at mental health, some ways to deal with our own mental health, or something that is very important to me is like diet and exercise. Um, I've heard scientists say that your stomach is like your second brain. And so there's almost as much neurons in your stomach as there is 
upstairs in your brain. And so, yeah, a very fascinating subject. And so, I mean, just kind of a, the right set of nutrients, vitamins, minerals, whether that's proteins, fibers, it's just very important for the way that your body functions. Um, I can even see it like when I'm not, when I'm eating a bunch of bad stuff or like fast food consistently, a lot of candy, my mind almost doesn't work as well. I literally have fog and I see it with exercise when I, when I don't get that energy out or expense kind of like physically. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel right upstairs. I kind of want to break stuff sometimes, you know, if that makes sense. And so I feel like diet and exercise is a very important subject for mental health. Sure. And I, again, I think that goes back to that like holistic view of ourselves that we can't, we can't look at just one part of our, our self, our existence in a vacuum apart from everything else. Like we're not, we're, we are, we are our whole self altogether. And there are a lot of different factors. I, I remember a, a pastor friend that I knew um, who struggled with depression and his was a uh, kind of just a, like a chemical imbalance one. And he was like, it's, it was, I wasn't doing anything wrong or anything. I just it took him a while to figure out what it was. And once they figured it out, got some medication for it and it helped. And, and that just made him like better as a person just to have that all put back in, in right balance. Sometimes that's what it takes is some medication. Sometimes it simply takes talking about it. Um, I would say start with talking about it first. <laughs> so, so often in our world, we want to just jump to the medication, talk about it first um, and, and explore other options before you necessarily throw all sorts of chemicals at your body. But, um, but God has also given us some of that stuff for, our benefit and, and from, for making this world a better place. Yeah. And I know we touched a lot about particularly depression and anxiety when it comes to mental health, but there are so many other um, yes. ones that we could have touched on. And so I think, yeah, talk to somebody about it. It doesn't have to just be those two. Like those are the big ones I know, but um, you know, there's a number of ways that you can get help right now. And, and which is, which is one of those things that, that I think Satan feeds to us as like, that, that message that you're the only person who's dealing with this. No one else knows what you're going through. No one else knows what you're you're wrestling with. And that is such a lie, right out of the pit of hell. Like, we have people in this world who who understand what it is like to go through a whole host of things. Um, reach out, reach you know, reach out to your your pastor, reach out to your church, uh, reach out to a counselor. It may take a couple. And I, and I would, I would, as somebody who's gone through counseling and has done some counseling himself, been on kind of both sides of the, the chair, so to speak, um, like take some time to find the right one. It might take you a while to find somebody that you can click with so that you can really talk and open up and, and make some progress in, in dealing with whatever issues you've got to deal with. And also don't get, don't forget to pray through the whole process. Um, Philippians four, seven, uh, and the peace of God, which transcends human understanding, guard your hearts in Jesus Christ. Um, I think that's a very important prayer, prayer and verse to keep in mind as you go forward. One of the the verses in the Bible, I love what you just said about about prayer, and uh, but in Philippians four, there's a verse that Paul says, "Be anxious for nothing," and that that verse always just really bothered me. Because I was like, it sounds like Paul's never had anxiety before. So, like, what do you know? Um, but when you read the full, like, context in that, which that verse is in, it says, the starting Philippians 4 in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Paul's not saying do not be anxious about anything because anxiety is a bad thing. Paul is saying do not be anxious about anything because the Lord is near. And that just was a, a huge, huge revelation for me of like, wow. Yeah, like, though I can struggle and though this is something that I carry with me day to day, like, the Lord is near. And he is so close and he is walking through it with me each step of the way. In a huge topic like this of mental health, we've barely scratched the surface, really. Um, this is this was sort of just an introduction to talking about mental health and the church. Uh, I hope this is something that has caused you to think a little bit about maybe your own mental health. Uh, certainly want to encourage you if you are struggling with anything. I'm not even going to limit limit it by saying a list. Anything in your mental health, uh, reach out to somebody if you're not already doing that. Reach out to a, a Christian friend. Reach out to one of your pastors. Reach out to a, a counselor. Um, find somebody to talk about that with and uh, just see what kind of things God can do through that to maybe bring some some healing, some restoration, because that's what God's all about. And, uh, and given us some tools then to also cope with that and, and uh, go through life carrying those things with us, because sometimes we, that'll be with us our whole life, but giving us some tools maybe to manage that a little bit. So hope this has been helpful and uh, encourages you in your walk in Christ. Well, once again, I'm joined here with Lori Winicky, and uh, we're here to talk about um, a, a topic that I think we don't talk about enough is kind of being hurt by the church. And we'll use that church word either to talk about the the, the individual people there or just the church itself. Um, but, you know, anytime we bring a group of people together, there's always a chance that someone's going to get hurt. There's... There's, there's friction, there's feelings that gets hurt. Um, and Lori, I know you're someone who has lots of deep relationships with people uh, and, and people who have, some of them struggled over the last couple of years here. Uh, some of them who have walked away from our church, not necessarily they haven't left the faith, but who have you know left St. Matthew for a, a time, um, feeling like, uh, their fellow Christians, you know, kind of hurt them, whether intentionally or unintentionally, but they were they were feeling hurt by the church itself. Um, you've had a lot of those kind of folks that just because you're you're such a relational person that they connect with you, um, they they still come to you for guidance and, and insight into to what they're going through. Or just to um, talk. Or just to talk to, <laughs> um, which I, I think is so important. Um, and, and I'm really glad that you've got those relationships with folks that, uh, and, and you're the kind of person that people can go to and, and feel like they can, they can talk and be honest with you about that. Um, well, I think the good thing about church, which you said, you know, it's what I love church or, you know, a Sunday is it's one of the few times in my week where it's multi-generational, right? So you're with kids, elderly, you know, everyone should feel welcomed and accepted at church. Um, and that's one of the great things, right? You, 
different levels of employment, different political spectrum. I was going to say, it's, yeah, it's not just multi-generational. It's, it's like mixed. It's mixed Every everything, possible way. Which know. is a beautiful thing. And that's also a thing that even, especially in the recent years, I think has just really elevated those differences. And we focused on the differences more than we probably did two years ago. And it was just easier to notice those differences the last couple of years too. Um, decisions even church made uh, regarding policies or certain things like that. And that um, just tended to cause more division just kind of among all those. As like everyday disciples, as part of the church, um, we can find ourselves on either side of this issue. We can, we can be the ones intentionally or unintentionally uh, causing offense or, or um, hurting those around us. And maybe we're not even aware of that. Um, or we find ourselves being offended or being hurt by the church. And if we're being honest, we've probably both, we've probably, most of us have been both, yeah. you know, at one time or another. Yeah. If I had to guess, you know, t- tipping the scale one way or the other, we've probably been more on the side of hurting others than we have been hurt ourselves. We were talking just before we started rolling here about, you know, years ago, um, you know, sometimes that that hurt came in the form of like you went through uh, something major in life that suddenly maybe set you apart. So, twenty years ago, it could have been getting a divorce. Um, I, I I think that still is the case today, but but I think it was even more so. Or even you know, a couple generations back, you went through a divorce and suddenly the church treated you different. And and it wasn't necessarily anything that people said. And you know, sometimes with with those sorts of things, it can just be. The, the blame can almost be on both sides, right? Because we can come in looking for those things. And so somebody somebody didn't talk to me as much today as they did before. And so I'm looking for that opportunity to get hurt. And I might read into the fact that that they didn't talk to me as much as they did last week when really maybe they were just busy and, and distracted or something. It wasn't intentional on their part. Or there is the, you know, on the, on the other side, you know, you're, oh, like they're, they're, uh, you know, different now than they were. They're, they're damaged in some way or they're wrong or, you know, we're starting to like show our thoughts towards other people. Um, and those kinds of things just lead to heartache and hurt and brokenness. Because Jesus would say everyone is welcome. And whether we intend to do that or not, it was kind of when we were talking, when we did the swearing podcast and we talked about, you know, different sins or things in people's lives are weighted differently. So even though people have heard me swear before, they've never questioned whether I should be able to commune here. Even though I could list time and time again when I have not been repentant of of that wrongdoing. And yet nowadays, I mean, if you talk to I don't know, the LGBTQT community, I think a lot of people would say, you know, do you really feel loved here? And I would think a, a large segment of of that community probably would very much identify with the I've been hurt by the church, whether that's Christians, like individual Christians or the church as an institution. Yes, because is that focused more so re- regardless of whether people believe it's a sin or not, is that focused more either from the church as an institution, people in the church building, is that focused more than the other things, the other sins, the other... Which, I mean, let's be honest, as as just humans, we we love it when there's something that we can point at to deflect from ourselves. Um, and whatever the... 
you know, the the sin of the day is that that is the one that everybody's pointing at. There's a thousand things going on inside our hearts that we might be perfectly content with not addressing those things. We know that deep down we know it's a sin, and yet we're we're going to let that go because I can point over there. Um, so. As an everyday disciple, um, you know, one of the things maybe we need to think about in in this whole arena of of kind of getting hurt by the church um, is really like taking a look inside first, taking a look at ourselves. How much how much am I doing that? How much am I aware that I'm doing it? And how much am I doing it that I'm not even aware that I'm pointing at others or or hurting others and and ignoring what's going on? Exactly. And the way to do that is surround yourself with people who are not like yourself. Because otherwise, if you, you know, it's very easy in church, in schools, in work to surround yourself with people who think like you, who do like you, who voted like you, who worship like you. And if you do not have friendships uh, that think differently than you, I think it's really hard for you to do a prayer that make my heart break for what breaks yours, Lord. Um, help me to see things um, the way Jesus sees things. I mean, you just, you gave a great sermon about, you know, loving your enemies and, um, you know, how often do we just lump people that are different than us into that frenemy enemy group um, instead of getting to know them and why they believe the things they do. Um, I love Greg Finke, a Lutheran pastor. And again, you know, I, I go back to a lot of his phrases. I know it's a hard thing speaking the love and truth, and this could be anything. And I'm not saying Christians, that's the dilemma we feel, right? Because we know what God's word says, following God's word. And yet loving people, I mean, I just always look back to all, like literally we joke, but we could do podcasts every week on the things Lori does bad. <laughs> um, and so again, it's above my pay grade to, I don't want to say pass judgment, but to what would be a good word to, you know, again, people feel hurt from the church because certain judgment is passed more harshly, I feel like, on people um, than others. And that's something I personally struggle with. Trust me, I I know I judge. I know I view things differently. It's I'm a work in progress. You know, 20 years ago, I looked at the prodigal son story um, almost from an older brother standpoint as, you know, the oldest in the family, always trying to do the right thing, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then now you, I look at that story as the prodigal son, like, no, that's me. That's all of us when we're being honest. And I think as Christians, it's easy to check off the box as well. I go to church every Sunday. I do this and this and this. And yet Jesus calls us, you know, watch out for pride. Be humble. What have you done for the widows and orphans in our area lately? I mean, those are just kind of all those things. It's easy to see ourselves as the, uh, it's the story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and like, yeah, I've kept all the commandments. So yeah, (laughs) what's next? What's the next box that I have to check off? And Jesus is like, no, 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 your heart, your heart, go, go give everything you have and sell to the poor. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, that's, we're, we're all that person. We we just all are. We, we all can say, oh yeah, I do this, 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 got it. It's kind of what you said. You point out, well, at least I'm not that, or at least I didn't do that. We said this in the in the in the uh, swearing episode a, a few episodes ago, um, you know about ranking our sinfulness, and we we like to well this is worse than that, so at least I'm not that. Um, I'm I've just got this little sin, and I I can deal with that. Um, where you know in, in God's eyes, yeah, it's 
It's all sin. <laughs> you're all sinners. And you're all horrible, rotten sinners <laughs> that, that are completely lost mm-hmm. on your own. Thank you, Jesus, for the, the grace we have in Jesus that uh, uh, the, the phrase that I love to that I've come across that I love to use is there's more grace in God than there is sin in you. Yes. And that's true for everyone. Yes. I think some of the hard part, I mean, I grew up in the church, very blessed with two parents who loved me. I went to Christian schools my whole life and there's many blessings with that. And I think there's a curse with that as well. And some of my friends who were unbelievers who recently came to know Jesus, I mean, they are passionately in love with Christ. Like, he transformed their life. And I'm kind of jealous of that sometimes because I feel like, you know, so much of my life was so many times just motion, you know, and you go to church, you know, I memorize the passages I need to, and I I love Jesus. But don't knock hanging around people who don't know Jesus and see what happens when he truly transforms, um, makes changes in their life. I mean, it's a whole different, you talk about everyday disciple, that's an everyday disciple. That is a disciple who knows about um, Jesus's grace and how that is sufficient in their weakness and all those things that I think sometimes when you've just grown up in the church your whole life, you kind of don't always appreciate that love and that grace. It's interesting that uh, you know you bring that up of the the big transformation that that some people have. You know, who especially who didn't grow up in the church. Um, I remember because because I'm that same way. I grew up in the church like I never didn't know who God was. Along the way, somewhere I don't remember where it was that like there, there was a point in my life where I I kind of remember being a little bit jealous of like oh man I didn't have, I didn't <laughs> I have that, that story that that yeah. big you know change in my life and and somewhere along the way I remember somebody talking about like um, you know be thankful be thankful that you're that you don't have like that in your past, like that, that God has kept you from that. And it's not like the, those people are worse off. Um, like be thankful that, that you have known Jesus for your whole life and, and that you didn't not know him because you've known him your whole life. They've maybe only known him for, for a portion of theirs. And, and so it could just, it did kind of change the way that I thought about, you know, even my own story. Um, so some of what we've talked about here, I think really, really speaks to kind of either side of the issue of being hurt or being hurt by, um, maybe more so for the, those on the side of intentionally or unintentionally hurting others. What about for, for those everyday disciples who have been hurt by the church, who feel, um, like their, their Christian brothers and sisters have, slighted them or offended them or pushed them away, um, regardless of you know what the issue was that was the wedge that, that drove, drove, the, drove them apart. Um, what, would, what would you say to those folks who are maybe standing right now on the edge or standing outside the church looking in, uh, feeling hurt, or, or maybe they're looking out saying, I don't think I want that anymore. Um, what would you say to them? Well, it's kind of funny. I our jam lesson last week matched the sermon on loving your enemy, and you know, I had everything written and ready to go. And then, literally during the jam, I said, "Jesus loves your enemies too." And it wasn't part of what I was planning to say. I really do believe God gave me those words: "Jesus loves your enemies too." And I, I kind of stopped at the early service because I thought, "Jesus loves your enemies too." Just that reminder of. I think a lot of people hold the church 
and Christians and fellow Christians and people on such high pedestals for getting, you know, Christ died for sinners. Um, and we're all sinners. And, uh, especially these last couple of two years, I, um, and you know, I've actually cried with you. I, I mourn some of the families that we have lost. I wish I could convince them, you know, on one side, you want to say, I'm praying you're going someplace else. Uh, the, the devil side of me wants to say, guess what? There's really bad people there too, <laughs> who don't love their neighbor nearly, you know, just like our church didn't love our neighbor at times or however you want to view the situation. Um, my prayer lately has again, just be help my heart break for what breaks, um, Jesus's heart. And, um, and obviously you all know some of the things I say from times to time. And so it's a personal struggle for me too, uh, to not view people in certain lights. It's a struggle for everybody, right? I mean, we, we all have those folks in our lives who, um, who hurt us, in one way or another. And try to look at yourself too. I know it's hard. I know for me, it's very easy to just say, oh, well, this is clear, you know, but Jesus loves your enemies too. And then you're an enemy to others too. I mean, I guess that's the, that's what I keep coming back to. Oh, this person hurt me or this church hurt me or why did the board make that decision or all those things? Well, it brings me back to to Jesus' words when he's talking about the, um, you know, take the the plank out of your own eye before you worry about the speck in somebody else's eye. Like recognize we all have that sinfulness in us, and so do they. And so, how can how can we, uh, as as believers, we are a family, and that family, whether. Yeah. Whether it's a family, the highs and lows where, where we're of in a this family. house at this yes. church, or they're we're in this house and they're in that house down the street, like we're a family. And that grows it goes across denomination lines, um, all those other little divisions we like to have, like them or not, they're my family. And I'm not trying to make people feel bad for you know deciding to go to another church or no, worship another sometimes place. We have I to mean, there's what's just right for us at this yep, at this yep. stage, and there's yeah. There's times I'm sure I just, I guess I miss the people that have left and uh, thankful that God's brought other people here. And we're just talking about, you know, in-person worship versus the bigger scheme of being, you know, disciples, you know, everywhere we go. It's a challenging conversation. Um, I'm glad that we were able to have this and, and talk a little bit about how do we, I guess, first step is just being aware that the the actions that I have, the, the way that I conduct myself could, it sends messages. It, it Not that it could, it does send messages. And sometimes those messages can be misinterpreted or, or just interpreted as offending someone else. I can't always control how they're going to respond to that, but I can do my best to, to try to live and conduct my life in such a way that I'm trying to build up others around me. Um, when I notice that somebody who maybe I worshiped with isn't here anymore, it should be on my heart to reach out and try to restore that relationship. That's what I was going to say. Reach out and, and why, and what can you learn from that? Even if it's very easy, myself, we all know, super sensitive person, emotional, it's hard to hear that sometimes. And you can't, you know, it, there's no point in trying to explain how you're always right, which I tend to do at times. But what can you learn from that? What are they saying? And, and, and is it even okay to set aside right or wrong and just be about the relationship? 
and we're, we're going to hold our, our own opinions, our own thoughts on whatever it is, and we're just going to set aside the debate on truth or right, wrong, whatever, and let's, let's just restore the relationship. Um, and, you know, we also got to recognize, too, sometimes, sometimes we can't do what only God can do. Sometimes only God can do that. Um, only God can perfectly restore a relationship. We might not be able to. We might just have to um, come to grips with the fact that that relationship isn't ever going to be restored, but we're still going to love each other as Christians and, and still be glad they're part of the family of God. We've all been guilty, I'm sure, of hurting others. And if you've been hurt by others in the church or by the church itself, you know, I really encourage you to, to reach out, um, talk to someone about that, and, and really strive to, to, to recognize how much we're all broken, how much we're all trying to find our way through life in general as everyday disciples, you know, and asking ourselves, what, what would Jesus have me do in this situation? What, is, what does it look like to love my neighbor in this situation? Thanks for listening to Everyday Disciples. Everyday Disciples is part of the online ministry of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids. We're striving to be followers of Jesus wherever we are, and we hope you'll join us on that journey. If you found this podcast helpful in your spiritual journey, we'd be honored if you would rate us and review us wherever you listen. It helps people find us and get the good news about Jesus out there to the world. If you've got questions or suggestions for things that you'd like to hear about on Everyday Disciples, let us know with an email to media at stmatthewgr.com.